Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Before we with Gordon Glenn, who's the CEO of Minova Corp. They're a gold developer listed on the TSXB. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, their plans going forward, and indeed the company itself, you can get it at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. There are market summaries from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there to help you get a little bit better at doing your own diligence, as well as summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you a bit of time. And of course, why don't you join our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment, free from trollers and abusers. Wouldn't that be a nice idea? So that's cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Hey, Gord, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you doing today? Not too bad, not too bad. But I am in a positively balmy 10 degrees centigrade. You're not. Where are you? Tell us. Uh, I am happy to be presenting to you from the PO mine site in central Manitoba. I'm about an hour's north of Lynn Flon, Manitoba, and it is a balmy minus 32, minus 33 currently. I had a hard time try- starting the truck this morning because <laughs> it was very cold outside. But sun is shining, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm looking forward to taking you and your subscribers and your watchers on YouTube and all of your platforms uh, around the PL mine site, at least within Wi-Fi and specifically into uh, the, the PL mill. OK, well, fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm really pleased to be speaking to you because I, I enjoyed our chat back in uh, August, I think it was. And anyone wanting to understand your business plan, your strategy, your plans for uh, you know, the next few months to go back. We'll put a link to that below in the description below. But today, I just wanted to catch up and see how you've been getting on because you, you were going to try and do a number of things. So what's been happening since August? Uh, since August, we, <clears throat> we drilled about uh, 13 or 14 holes, 1,700 meters. Again, all of our drilling at PL is relatively shallow. I don't need to be drilling monster deep holes at this point. Our resource and reserve are from zero to about 200 meters vertical, give or take. Uh, we were drilling outside of the resource, so step out drilling, if you want to call it that, still on the mining lease. Uh, so all of that uh, de- future potential development will go into the mill behind me over here. Um, yeah, so we drilled that. We had some very good results. We identified extensions to known uh, mineralized trends. We discovered new mineralized trends. We discovered uh, near uh, near surface, very high grade mineralization, like literally at surface uh, as the drill collared, completely unknown uh, previously. We've opened up uh, the, the entire property, both on the lease, the permitted lease, and off the lease to uh, a, a developing exploration model with new structural interpretation. So it was like a, a gangbuster year for breakthroughs in geological model, in resource expansion potential, in exploration expansion potential, and, and, and all in the context of a market that's starting to to perk up and, and appreciate gold as a, uh, or sorry, gold uh, leverage investments, little junior mining companies, emerge codes like us as, as an example. So like the, the message I want to get across to you and your listeners today is that we're, we've got two value propositions. One is as an emerge co, which you can do a DCF and an NPV, the project, the feasibility study is done. We're working on project finance. So we're in a, a certain spot on, on that sort of mine cycle 
uh, mining life cycle curve, the song curve, some people call it. Uh, but we're also still very much have uh, early stage exploration potential. We have, we've never really stepped off the mining lease to explore. So we've just opened all of that up to, um, to identified trends and identified structures. So we're looking forward to getting uh, drilling again in January and February. One of the reasons I'm here at the PL mine is I'm basically reviewing some of the work from the summer, looking at the core, uh, preparing for the drill program, uh, you know, coming up. I'm also going to be hosting some service suppliers, contractors to, you know, to come back in and update feasibility study numbers. That's over the course of the next week or so before Christmas. And then again in January as we get ramped up. So we're, we're constantly busy here at the PL mine. Uh, and I can call it that because it, it's a mine. You're going to see it when we go for a walk. Okay. We better go for a walk, I think. Because I mean, you, you've done, you've answered all the questions. Well, you answered a lot of the questions I was going to ask. You know, I, I think it's important that people, like I say, refer to the previous interview because when you know we've looked at the infrastructure which you've you've got there, you've, you've kind of inherited there. Um, it it really helps in terms of making this a low capex project for sure. Um, the drill results, is, I guess, is what everyone's interested in. But you're going to you want to show us today. What you've got, you've got a mill, and when that's going to start throwing off cash, I guess was the question I'd be uh, keen on. Yeah, well, let, first of all, let me go grab a coffee, and uh, because I've, I'm, <laughs> I've, un, I've unwittingly, I've unwittingly duped you into part of my hiring program. So I wanted people to see my 25-man camp. Uh, let me just flip this around, and we'll go for a walk. I'll grab a coffee, and we'll grab a quick sip. So uh, we got a, 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 a very well-equipped uh, trailer camp here at the PL mine site. Man, it can hold no problem. I'm just going to the kitchen, grab my coffee, which I left on the desk about uh, 20 minutes ago. There's a view of the kitchen, very nicely, well-equipped. So I'm looking to staff this place up with good, solid technical people over the next coming um, months, weeks. Uh, I'll start advertising for, for people any minute. Now, sorry, I'm going to flip this back around to me. There we go. Sorry about that. I just need one sip. I told you I was going to hijack hijack your presentation today. You, you did. I, I, I thought I'm you were honest. kidding, but you meant it. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind. I don't mind, actually, because uh, it's very rare that people, people have to sort of don't really understand what these places look like um, or the, or the, or the uh, kind of where people have got to work in the middle of minus 35 degrees. So what is it? Is that literally just a quarter cabin? Yeah. Okay. So here, there I was going to do this all outside today. Yeah. So I was set up with a, with a desk <laughs> and the mill behind me, which you can't quite see, you're too low. There we go. Right. Uh, I'll put my coat on. So... You know, I invite people up here uh, uh, by Zoom call, by WhatsApp call. We go video. I walk them around. Those people that have lots of experience, whether it's an investor that's looking at projects that are, you know, advanced stage, lower risk, de-risked, permitted, doesn't matter what stage you're at. We can pretty much, uh, you know, tick a lot of boxes for any investor looking for uh, leverage to gold price higher gold price. Again, the feasibility study that we did here was done in 2000 and, sorry, I forgot my toque, <laughs> uh, in 2017-18 at 1250 gold. 
the project looks uh, looked good then. It had a positive feasibility study, IRR plus 40, 50%. Uh, obviously looks better at $1,800 plus gold. And this was all highlighted in a July 30th press release. You can always refer to the feasibility study for, for you know, uh, details on development. So what I wanted to do was, and if the signal will hold, we will go on a walk to the mill in just a second. I'm just going to get this fixed. There we go. So again, there's the there's the camp. We put it right at the mill site here. If I turn around and, and point you into the sun, which is probably not the best thing to do, um, uh, the, the core shack and portal, the original meters down the road that way, uh, I'll be down at the core shack later today. Obviously, I wanted people to see, sorry, spinner around here. I wanted them to see the infrastructure here. That's a thousand ton per day mill that's in excellent condition considering it's been sitting idle for 30 years. It operated for one year uh, back in 1988. There's no reason why that mill behind me should be idle today given gold price. Um, uh, gold price, feasibility study, market conditions, etc. So you and your listeners will help me get it going. So again, uh, the back end, the tall thing sticking out at the back is the fine ore bin. Uh, it's a three compartment fine ore bin. It's specially designed for high grade deposits where you get variation in grade from stope to stope. So you can basically um, uh, fill that mill with various, uh, sorry, fill that fine ore bin with different degree, uh, different uh, grade of, uh, of ores and then blend them to get a nice consistent grade coming into the the main mill, the rod mill, the ball mill, we'll go see that. That's the sort of the upper level. As you come through the, the middle, um, you'll see some uh, 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 transformers in the foreground there. Those are all in good condition, part of the feasibility study. They were all tested. Three cycle, 25 uh, uh, KVA uh, transformers. That all goes to the CapEx, uh, savings on CapEx. The middle part of the mill behind me is, is really the, the flotation and leaching circuit to a Merrill Crow system. Down at the back end, you've got the office and management and that little building just uh, right here behind me is the assay lab. So we're gonna go in and then I'll flip it around. Right in the foreground here, the front end of the mill that I'm wanting to warehouse. It's, uh, it's quite spacious. And this is where we've been working on our, our metallic screen fire assay program. Uh, re, you know, checks, check samples. That's all been documented in press releases. I'm just going to hustle in and talk as we go. Once I get up the stairs, it sh the signal should improve. So stick with me, okay, guys? Okay. <laughs> so, Matt, here we are inside the mill. Uh, we're at the south end of the mill at the uh, gold recovery end. Uh, it's a Merrill Crow cyanide leach circuit. Uh, you can see the cyanide holding tanks, mixing tanks here, uh, all in good condition. Uh, there's the Merrill Crow system. Uh, and a bunch of, uh, obviously, the tanks for uh, barren solutions, pregnant solutions, uh, as part of the, uh, the gold uh, processing here at the back end. Uh, here, I'm going to run up the stairs and give you a view of the front end of the mill where the, the rod and the ball mill are. Basically, the, uh, <clears throat> after crushing, uh, the material comes into the mill here. We've got the rod mill right here. That's the rod feeder. We've got the ball mill over there. Uh, up to a thousand tons of capacity in our milling circuit. Uh, and then from there, the process goes to gravity. 
and uh, <clears throat> the gravity circuit will be upgraded to to a modern uh, gravitational or centrifugal system and then the process will go into um, or the tails from the gravity will go into the flotation system and will produce a sulfide concentrate which will then be leached and I'll just uh, go to the uh, leaching area. Again from the rod and ball mill uh, material then gets uh, concentrated in uh, first flotation uh, uh, first flotation bank of cells uh, into a secondary bank of cells uh, then then there's a filter press uh, which will be actually replaced that's probably one of the major components that will be replaced with modern equipment and that pretty much covers off the uh, the internal workings of uh, of a very good condition care and maintenance uh, 1000 ton per day mill here we are at the back end of the mill where uh, I'm actually looking at the crusher right now. Uh, again, oversized thousand ton per day crusher. You can see the conveyor belt system zigging and zagging back that would ultimately send a final crushed product to the fine ore bin. Again, that's a three compartment fine ore bin. I'm gonna go up there and try to take a bird's eye view for you of the frosty surroundings here at PL. Camp just over there, uh, the ore zone is sitting out there about two or three hundred meters behind the camp trending in this direction you can see in the distance there's a bit of a road that goes to our water source which is permitted and then as i pan back around here again crusher conveyor system up to the fine ore bin and that's where i'll head next so matt just to finalize the infrastructure discussion again the crusher all the conveyor systems in place rubber needs to be replaced you can see the haul road up to the up to the crusher here's a bird's eye view of the mill looking to the southeast you can see the ragged tailings deposition area the snowy area the, the former lake now a tailings deposition area and can't quite see it from here uh, close you'll see in the distance a stockpile a snowy mound that's the uh, a low grade stockpile the portal is just behind that it's going to move around some steel girders here uh, the swampy area in the foreground again a couple of hundred meters beyond the camp that is the um, surface projection of the pl deposit again that uh, uh, weathers negatively uh, so you get a swampy area there uh, again you can kind of see our proximity to the the mill to the deposit to the uh, portal infrastructure at the southern end of the deposit it's still open in, it's still open in that direction to the southeast and then the recent drilling that we did is the uh, the open areas where the snow is laying uh, <clears throat> that uh, that area was uh, new drilling outside of the resource um, that was done in uh, uh, 2020 positive results uh, step out drilling extended the zones and found some new zones and those new zones trace on the just on the other side of that um, small lake uh, which is trending to the northeast called hill lake uh, the structures keep trending in that direction so again thank you for indulging me matt and your viewers the whole point of walking you and your viewers and my investors quite frankly through the mill is to give them a sense of, of what stage of of readiness this project is uh, again, the capex on the whole project to restart the entire mining operation from the feasibility study is about 35 million Canadian dollars. We're going to update that and tweak it and optimize it 
And I think we'll come in around that number. The mill component of that, which we just walked through, um, is about 10 million Canadian. The replacement value of that giant facility, uh, 80 kilometers away from the nearest major center, would be easily 75 to $85 million Canadian, easily. That's, that's a number we don't have to recreate. The road coming in here is, 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 um, is there. The power line is set up to be reconnected. The, you know, you saw the step down transformers. We've got rail uh, nearby the mine site. We've got a, a mining community an hour, about an hour and 15 minutes away. Flin Flon, a hundred years of mining. We're ready to go. That mill is just one very important component that helps keep our CapEx down. And associated with that mill, Matt, is the permit. Environment, Environment Act license 1207E, a little bit pedantic, but that enables us to get back into production quickly. So we can see near-term cash flow in an environment where gold prices is rising. So real, true, bona fide, I think, I know, leverage to gold prices rising gold price. Okay, so what you've demonstrated today, and by the way, interesting, I've not had anyone do that. We, we've had a walk through the infrastructure and you described some of the infrastructure around you. I get that, right? But let's focus on the numbers you mentioned there. 35 million bucks required to get this thing up and running because a thousand ton a day mill is impressive, but not when it's empty. So what are the next steps from you to start filling that mill? What, what, what do you need to do to start the process? Little baby steps. Yeah, I guess number, number one, I have to make my, my first critical hires, my technical team to develop the operational side of the project. If you, if you look on our presentation at the, uh, our presentation on the website, you know, the management and director's slide is half blank, right? And that's partly by design and partly um, um, unnecessary at this point. I, I kept the project and the company lean during the lean years. And now that the market is coming back, I have a great amount of confidence that we can start making our first hires. Uh, again, I've been having terrific um, feedback from a number of very experienced uh, mining engineers, technical people, process guys that are looking to put a feather in their cap, right? Turning something like this on after so many years of being dormant, but not broken, just dormant. Uh, there's people out there that are looking. So like I said, part of my walk through with you down the camp, it's a beautiful camp, come and work with me here. We've got a beautiful mill to turn on. Uh, my, my first hire was actually my geologist, structural geologist, very seasoned guy, really to work on the model, to test the model and to challenge the deposit for its continuity, its uh, grade distribution, obviously, collect a lot of data. And, and that's all coming to fruition now in terms of the new geological model. Obviously, we've developed our own reserves and resources here that have been tested through a feasibility study process. So geologically, we're still evolving. It's now time to start evolving as a company corporately with new hires and, and get my, 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 technical, um, my technical team put in place. That's number one. Number two is obviously project finance, get the capital in place to build the, the project at current gold prices. This project, it's got a pretty attractive IRR. We're now, we're, we're talking triple digit. We're pushing 200% IRR at current prices. We're talking massive NPV, 5%, sort of standard stuff that the market uh, and investors look at. Uh, there's a bit of a disconnect out there for us 
you know, the infrastructure is one aspect of it. The value proposition is another another aspect of it. Again, just read the feasibility study. It's our current market cap. And there's a big disconnect there. And part of that is marketing. And part of that is un- understanding the quality of the asset that we have. Because, um, again, I'll still get questions from people going, you know, uh, that my that that mill is so old it must be rusting away right it's got to be that old uh, or got to be that you know bad the reality is and you've seen it <laughs> the the uh, the mill is in actually very good condition and and like any mill that goes on care and maintenance everything that should be cribbed up off its gears uh, has been done it was actually shut down very well and it's ready to be turned back on. Nothing unusual or in industry about, about doing these things. It's really about doing them systematically and, and um, diligently. So uh, project finance interest is there in the current uh, environment. So that's the sort of second important uh, step for us in getting going. And, and thirdly, I would say just marketing and communication uh, of the story, our value proposition relative to other stories out there. I'll give you, an, a, a, I think, a reasonable comparison. Um, uh, a, a bigger company than us in terms of market capitalization, uh, Ascot, they just raised $100 million uh, plus in project finance. Their project is a restart. Their project has a big mill. Their project requires capital to refurbish the mill, to develop the underground. We have all those attributes too, but we just haven't, we haven't achieved traction in the capital markets. Um, and, and again, I, I, I'm working on that diligently. That's why I'm, I'm hosting calls here so people can see the level of infrastructure. They can appreciate the diligence that um, our board and our management team and, and quite frankly, our major, sh- major shareholders have, have invested in the project to properly de-risk it and get it ready to turn on. So those, those three things, I think, are, are really what are going to be focused on in the next three to six months. Oh, and then we got a bonus. The bonuses beyond the big blue box out there that's full of incredible amounts of equipment that are ready to turn on. It's beyond the resource and reserves in the ground that are behind me, uh, literally 150 meters close to the mill. It's the exploration potential of the project, and that is evolving you know, quite nicely. And that's off the lease. So everybody wants blue sky. I get it. Me too. Um, we've got lots. We've we basically have demonstrated that some of the existing structures that are on the permitted lease extend off of the lease uh, in through what we call the footwall tonalite. So now we've just opened up kilometers of strike length on like on strike uh, away from the main deposit. That that you know, open up all kinds of potential for, um, you know, for resource development and getting into the mill eventually. Okay, so look, I appreciate the feasibility study, appreciate the numbers, IRRs, NPV, fives, et cetera, all look good, your market cap doesn't. Is that part of the problem as to why you can't get these project finance discussions moving? Because you can't hire people without money, you can't do marketing without money. So where's the money coming from? Uh, that was in the past. Project finance is actually distinct from equity capital markets interactions. Like I'm dealing with guys that are, you know, we're, we're you know, we're going detailed on the model, the uh, like model driven investment, flexing the model like a banker. I used to be one, uh, flexing it down for risk, flexing it up for upside, 
finding that happy spot in the model to finance the project. You might recall an email that I sent to you a while ago about one scenario that we were looking at, which was a gold loan, right? Uh, not, not dissimilar from a stream, but another variation of that where you're really uh, selling the gold in the ground uh, forward uh, under certain conditions that deliver a, an attractive return to the, to the investor, but also maintain a very attractive, uh, attractive value proposition for the equity shareholders. Uh, so, so there's all kinds of scenarios out there from a project finance point of view that are completely distinct from our market cap. Now, that is not to say that my market cap is not super important. It's, and you're right, we didn't have the capital to, to market aggressively. We didn't have the capital to hire aggressively. That's all changed now, right? We try to run the, co the company conservatively, and now we're in an environment where we can tap the market more readily than we were able to do in the past. We did a small raise in, in um, July of last year. It was just a small raise just to get the wheels greased and get back on the project generating news flow. We had one, two, three, four press releases out over the course of the balance of the year. Uh, three of them dealt with the drilling results, which were all very positive in terms of we were hitting um, good grades over mineable widths at shallow depths on strike, positive step out results. We're opening up the exploration potential of the project. Um, and then one of the last ones was really, what's the go forward plan? Much to your question, what's the go forward plan? Hiring people, continuing to de-risk the project, getting the consultants on site to update numbers and give us a good sense of where we're at. Plenty of interest in this project from the consulting community, experienced people with a critical eye. Like that's the important thing. I'm not looking for, not looking for cheerleaders. I'm looking for critical technical uh, engineering development feedback. And we're getting that. And that's just going to help the project uh, you know, go forward. Okay, talking of which, the, the question was, where's the money coming from and when? Um, <laughs> well, it comes from major shareholders, of course, that have been supportive of the company for you know, a decade. Uh, new shareholders, you know, following our last Crux interview, I, was, uh, I, I would say I was, uh, it was very well received by international investors, Europe, USA, broadened the level of interest for the company and the project way beyond Canada and the usual suspects in the resource sector. So I was really pleased. Many of those guys just want to participate in a private placement. They, they want warrants. Um, they're longer term holders, especially the European guys. They're, they have an appetite for near term production. Again, we're a project that's 12 to 14 months away from assuming that we've got all the capital put in place from 50,000 ounces of production per year. And at these levels, that would generate $60 million in after-tax free cash flow in year one. Our payback period would go from you know, 1.5 years in the feasibility study at US 1250 gold to 0.6 years at, at current levels. So it's a pretty attractive project for certain investors uh, that are looking for you know, ounces in the ground and real development potential. And there's also the investors that are they just they want to know the blue sky. Show me where the upside is. That this this year's program, the 2020 program, was really all about firming up and pointing to the outfield and saying this is the exploration upside. 
where we can trace structures, identify new mineralized structures, and really open up the the exploration potential. I, I, I hear that. I hear that. It, it comes back to that, and I'm, so I, I don't mean to like grab it like a dog with a bone here, but it's the timing of when you're going to do that. Is the hold up the market? I, and by the market, I mean project finance market, or is it hold up you not getting the terms you want? I mean, look, when does that decision get made? Are you in a position? Are there any terms on the table where you can make a decision? Because you've got a lot going for you. You showed us today the, even the, the, yeah. the physical attributes, which I which was I actually quite liked. I was sort of smiling the whole way through. So, but when do you make a decision? When can you make a decision? Well, we can make one any day. It depends on the money. And I, I'm not trying to dance around your very direct question. Um, look, we got 40 million shares outstanding. So we got a really tight capital structure. Um, I know probably 50% of those shareholders with four phone calls. I'm one of them as a major shareholder. And I think management teams should be 100% aligned with their shareholders in terms of ownership stake. Um, I think we'll be doing financings in stages. We can go from, you know, just keep the drilling going while we're tapping that project finance market or we can accelerate a bit more and we can do uh, open, uh, small open pit bulk, bulk mining, test, uh, test mining on surface, or we can go to a, a little bit more elaborate program of a new portal and underground test mining. And you see many companies, many companies have great success with that. I think Wallbridge going back a few years ago, they went underground for some test mining. Again, rising gold price environment when you're extracting gold uh, ore, uh, is always a very positive um, uh, situation. Uh, we can do all of those things under our current permit, and we can stage our capital requirements, you know, in a in a uh, I'd say a, a financially uh, judicious way, versus ultimately what we'll need to do, which is you know again these are not big numbers. Some some companies are doing very big numbers. Um, we don't need big numbers. We're probably looking all in equity. Um, tied to project finance, probably in the in the range of twelve to thirteen million dollars. Um, that's a big number when you got a ten million dollar market cap. So I'm not going to be going out and snapping my fingers to do that deal uh, at current price levels. I'm I'm confident that the the market will start to understand and appreciate this project and accept its accept its I think pretty good value proposition. Um, and we'll see higher prices and then we'll tap the market uh, as required to do that. And if the market's still not reflecting full value, then we've got to think of our other options. What are our other options? Um, I've got a permitted mine in a good jurisdiction in a market that's going higher and higher. And I've got uh, a broader sector, gold sector, where junior, junior producers, senior producers, they're all wanting growth. Uh, depleting their resources and reserves on a daily basis. Sometimes they replace them as well. Um, here we're sitting ready to go, 50,000 ounces of production per year, which would probably go to 70,000 ounces in, you know, after a couple of years. I got a satellite project in my back pocket, so to speak, uh, approximately eight kilometers away called Nokomis, which is not part of the feasibility study. One of the things we'll do next year is that we'll start to do the the work to get it incorporated into the feasibility study. So baseline studies as a satellite deposit, uh, update the, re the resources there to get them into a reserve category. That would add a year or two to our mine life. So there's all kinds of things that are positive attributes of this project that I hope investors will will um, will gravitate towards, but also 
uh, you know, potentially M&A um, uh, opportunities as well. So but I, I'm struggling here because you're telling a great story, right? Um, it's small, admittedly, and the market cap is small and perhaps people are discounting that a bit. Do you, but do you think, what do you think people are discounting? Is it discounting the feasibility study? Are they discounting your ability to put it together? Are they, as, as precious metals come off a bit now? I mean, what, what's, where's the disconnect? Yeah, uh, I think I think the history of the project it still it still hangs around. Uh, the project used to be called the Puppy Lake Mine, bad name. I just I just rearranged it. I admit I changed the name, not to rebrand it away, but just to make it more modern. PL. Um, the history of the project uh, was challenged. They had a they. They, um, they built too big of a mill. <laughs> Let me back up a couple of steps. See that big blue box outside that we just saw and walked through? That's too big of a mill for the original, the original project. The project runs better at five to 600 tons per day, not a thousand tons per day. They tried to mine it at a thousand tons per day. If you go on my Twitter feed at Manova CEO, you will see a failure report that I, the summary, the executive summary that I posted for everybody to see that basically highlighted the reasons for failure back in 1988. And it was really very straightforward mining issues, and not because the deposit was a failed deposit, because management made decisions back in the day that forced the project to be too big. You know, building a big mill and telling your, your, your very competent mining staff and, and, and uh, mill staff at the time to mine at 1,000 tons per day, they run, they, they run too many tons. They diluted the ore body, and, uh, and, and that was the reason that it failed. It wasn't until halfway through the mine, the very short mine life at the time, that they started to scale back, and uh, senior management of the company at the time, Pioneer Metals, it's a long, long gone now, 1988, uh, you know, that they finally acquiesced and accepted that, oh, you're right, we should be running this at a smaller rate with smaller equipment um, to, to maintain, you know, the number one rule in mining is grade over tons in small scale mining, in narrow vein mining, grade over tons. You know, we're not an open pit operation. This is a narrow vein, uh, a narrow vein gold deposit. So focus on the grade, keep your dilution down. Keep your mill running at an optimal capacity, and and you'll be a success. And I think most people that kind of, you know, peel back the layers of the project. So again, to your question, the history of the project as a failed project back in 1988, I think has been addressed adequately in the feasibility study with the resource and reserve development drilling that we have done. So we've got lots of data. The mine, uh, the, the, the geological resource is sound and traceable. And, and now it's just, and then we, of course, we had needed to wait for a market that was sort of paying attention, the gold sector. I'm not worried about the up, the, uh, the hundred dollars up and down right now in terms of gold price volatility. I'm more worried about what is the longer term outlook for gold? Does this market hang, hang, hang in there? And there's an optimism given the, you know, kind of crazy macro environment that we're in currently that gold price will be higher tomorrow than it is today, figuratively speaking. Me and my investors feel that way, and that's why we, you know, diligently just keep advancing this project, de-risking this project, you know, going through all the steps to to deliver a, you know, real leverage, real production to our to our stakeholders, 
uh, and then you know hopefully we get that all done in the literally in the next year six months uh, all that's on the table right now um, and if the, and if the market's still not there for it we'll keep drilling we'll take our global resource from about 700,000 ounces we'll take it up towards a million ounces that's a key milestone for many of you know many investors out there they're they're sort of stuck on that fair enough um, we don't need to do that because we're, we're one of those um, situations where we, we're ready to go right now and we will add to our resource from cash flow uh, as we are producing. So I, I hope that answers the question for you and your investors. And again, if you check out Twitter uh, uh, at, my, at Minova CEO, there's a failure report there. There's other sort of supporting documents that I can you know, walk through with people to to you know, uh, address that concern, but to me, it's more about now. But nowadays, it's just about marketing. You know, letting people like you understand the project, beat it up, uh, like I do, and and come away with a conclusion. I think most people will come away with a a reasonably positive conclusion. That's that's my job is to get them to that side of the um, the uh, the value proposition. And that's a question of you know, go buy some stock. It's cheap. We're, we're a good little company. We're, I think we're operated well. We're in a good jurisdiction, and we got as you, as as I hope I made the point. We got a lot of positive attributes uh, um, uh, from near term development for near for near term development. Okay, well, like Glenn, I, I guess what we want to see is some actual movement, um, you know, going forward. Like you're talking about a year hence and lots of things that you've got to do. Um, I want to see the what those things are. Over the next quarter, say, you know, what are you going to deliver next quarter? Have you got the money to be able to deliver those things? And and so what if you do? I mean, that those that's kind of more meaningful, more timely because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of companies talking a good game at the moment. And this environment, there's you know even more at the table than there were you know 12 months ago. So it's hard to stand out. And I just wonder what you're going to do that's going to change from what you've been saying for the last, you know, six months, 12 months, is going to make a difference. Yeah. yeah, nothing's really changed in our development plan. Again, we're an unusual company. We don't need tens of millions of dollars to systematically advance the project. Uh, we'll probably do a million, million and a half dollars here at the tail end of the year um, to start drilling in January and February, generate news, generate results. That'll all feed into a updated resource calculation. So if you're looking for project milestones, there's news flow from drilling. There's news flow from like that's on-site drilling and off-site drilling, exploration, upside drilling. And then there'll be a resource calculation, probably mid-year, which will inch us closer to that 1 million ounce mark. During that next six month, H1 of 2021, I'll be working on my project financing. I'll be working on my management team. I'll be working on money more money, project finance money, gold price hangs in there, we're set. I'd like to think that we are golden. And that's all in today's, in, at, at today's market capitalization, pretty darn attractive as far as I'm concerned. So, so we see a path forward. We've got a plan going forward at a very reasonable budget. Um, I've got many investors that say, take more money than less and mount bigger, longer, more sustained programs. I agree. It's a it's a question of balancing our our very good share structure. I've always been looking to develop the, the company, the project, with the dollars per share earnings in the future, like not not pennies per share, dollars per share. 
I just told you, uh, again, this is something you can flex in the feasibility study mine model. It's in the sensitivity table at current prices. You're doing over $60 million a year. That's a buck 50 per share at current capital structure, right? Obviously that'll change going forward, but those are pretty good numbers. What is the market? My question to you is, and your viewers is what value do you think should be put on a project that has significant infrastructure, has a near-term production profile because of its permit, is in a good jurisdiction, on and on and on, and can, can, can achieve production in a relatively short period of time, and has exploration upside. So the question to you is, what do you think that value should be? Is it $10 million? There's nothing, well, I don't think it is. <laughs> you shake your head, I'll shake my head. <laughs> Anyways, it's fun, it's fun with numbers. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a serious development project. We have fun while we're doing it, of course. Lots of snow to move and, and, uh, and stay alive up here at minus 30. But, but it's a serious project. It is near term. I hope that you and your, your, your audience, uh, which is growing, you know, appreciate it. If people have questions, they can DM me on Twitter. They, my contact details are on the, the new and improved website, which should be up towards the end of next week, I think, um, or this week, sorry. Get a hold of me. I'm here. I answer the phone. I'm on WhatsApp all the time, you know, taking people through the mill, walking them around the site and highlighting our value proposition and talking about our peer group. Beautiful. And where we fit in. Beautiful, Claire. Look, great story. Look, I appreciate the run through the mill, actually. I quite enjoyed that. And to answer your question, are you worth, are you only worth 10 million? No, uh, you're not. You're worth more than that. Uh, it's for people to work out how much more uh, is the question. So, look, we will stay in touch because I want to see how you get on. You made some promises about the sorts of things that you're going to be doing. And I think one of the big promises that I think investors and one of the investors have uh, made to us is you need to talk to them more. They want to know what's going on because they obviously like it, but they don't hear from you very much. So stay in touch. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for your patience. Ciao. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.